guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Fight the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and how about the wry smile on Tiger's face? What is happening, fellas? Welcome back to another episode of the SRP. Joined, as always, by Kari and Jacko. Fellas, Colin Morikawa is the 2020 PGA champ. What do you think of that? Oh, boys. What an absolute gem of a PGA championship. There's one blemish, and we'll get to that later, but that leaderboard stacked on Sunday. There's like 12 guys, 13 guys that were legitimately in contention, could have won that thing. Like, I... I watched the whole, like, you know, every shot. And it was unbelievable to seeing, you know, like how the leaderboard changed. Like, they kept saying, you know, 15 minutes ago, this person, like, person was in lead. Then this, now it's like these 12 people tied at 10. And I'm like, holy moly. But, anyways, Rick, what's going on, buddy? What's happening, fellas? Uh, golf fans retreated to an awesome weekend of uh, major championship golf. We waited a long time for it, and uh, it was worth the wait. You ever talked about like the seven guys at uh, 10 under par on Sunday there. You have no idea who's going to win it. Um, as far as the golf course goes, weather played a big factor as far as like uh, the temperature and, and wind. And I did watch a lot of Saturday's coverage. And the biggest thing is like if you didn't play discipline, like if you tried to chase birdies, you made bogeys. And if you didn't try and chase birdies and relied on hitting it to the middle of the greens and making good golf shots, those were the only guys that went under par. So I thought that was super cool about Harding Park. We got an awesome winner. Um, we're all kind of stupid for not picking him in uh, some of our picks because I think that was the stars were aligning uh, for Morikawa to win a major championship. But we also could have picked Scotty Scheffler, and he was right there for the majority of the event as well. Um, but I'm pumped Morikawa won the, the trophy thing. I, after Rory's blemish of picking it up and the lid falling off, I can't believe Morikawa didn't think that through clearly. You can't shake that thing when it's above your head. Um, but we got some great photos of that. Uh, he played phenomenally, deserved to win. And other than that, I can't wait for our next major championship already, fellas. Oh, unbelievable. Rick, you know that uh, you actually made a bold prediction in the first ever episode of this podcast. And I thought you were crazy. I think Gibber did too, where you mentioned either Wolf, Hovlin, Scheffler, or Morikawa would win a major championship or the players this year. And it came true in fashion because any one of those guys – could have won maybe outside of Hovland, but he still had a great event, but it was a stacked, like it just shows the future of the game is super strong. Those guys are going to be players for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I want Scheffler just like, you know, not to take anything away from Morikawa, like obviously it was played unreal, but Scheffler, like in the last group, like he just looked like he'd been there before, like just went about his business, like still played pretty good. I think he was 68, like, you know, well, it's hard hard to get, you know, more cow tosses up a little six five six four on the weekend, like six four on Sunday. You know, the the deuce on sixteen was unbelievable. Like, and even you know, he could have birdied eighteen too. Like that was, I think he tugged that one just a hair, but uh, still tosses a dart in there. But it's such a good leaderboard. Some of those young kids, man, holy moly! 
it bothers like I actually was reading some like some internet forum stuff and it bothers me that people like say Harding Park's an overrated golf course like the greens aren't great. I understand they prep it big time for major championships, but that is at one hell of a track. Uh, it's very unique. The the front nine's interior to the golf course and the back nine wraps all the way around the interior and there's like the lake on the one side and like a little bit more train on the back, so it's a little bit more difficult. But what a dynamic it made for the event because. Uh, on the first two days, obviously, you got the morning wave and the afternoon wave. Some are going off the front, some are going off the back. You're seeing numbers jump around like crazy. Like there's no prediction of like how the leader's gonna leaderboard's gonna look towards the end of the day. I think that makes for a great event watching on television. And the conditions looked phenomenal. That rough was U.S. Open rough, which is <laughs> I love to see. It was tough. It was mm-hmm. tough. But yeah, like just going back to that young talent, there was even Matthew Wolf missed three putts in a three-hole stretch inside i want to say 10 feet on all three he makes those he's right there with morikawa like potential Mm -hmm. playoff happening there like those guys went after it no fear and uh i just love how brooks called out every other player on tour that they were going to choke and he played the worst out of the last like 45 (laughs) guys who tipped it up (laughs) brooks kept us pissing me off man he needs to he needs to quit playing the hard old card. It has some audience, but it's just like, it's too much for me. And you know what? I, I used to really like Brooks Kepka. I think he was awesome for the game. Great talent. Awesome to watch. Exciting. Bombs it off the tee. Now, I just can't cheer for him because I think he's going about it the wrong way. Um, and I like that Rory fired back at him a little yeah. bit. He's fucking right. Rory yeah. has had, in my opinion, uh, yeah, sure, Brooks has played good in a couple of major championships. What's up, Tiger? Um but uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, but like Rory has every right to squish that thought of like, yeah, I have the advantage over these other guys. And I don't know if he wants the mental advantage for himself or if he's just trying to make headlines or he's too cool for golf. But I, I, I don't I don't agree with what he's doing. And I hope he changes his tone a little bit because uh, he embarrassed himself on Sunday. And I was pumped about that. Well, and what I didn't like too, like, I, you know, I, I was – like he called out DJ, him and DJ are buddies. Like, and what that's, I don't get that. I, I don't think he meant to do it. I think he stuck his foot in his mouth and he's like, Oh shit, DJ's got the lead. Like he's, Oh, DJ's got one. Right. Like thing, but like really like, what I love about Rory's comment was like, I don't, I wouldn't go call out someone who has 21 PGA tour victories and has three times more than you have. Like, you know, I know he says he gears up for the big ones, but in my mind, it, like, you know, don't, don't go doing that. Like, unless you got like, you know, DJ's 21 wins. That's the DJ's one. Was it every year for the past, what, 12 or 15 years, something stupid like that. Like that could be a bad stat. I'll but, go to a 10, but yeah. Like it's great. Yeah. Maybe not 15, but like that's, and he's, he wins. Yeah. Multiple times a year, but like, don't call him out. Like, and, or even like the young talent too. Like, Especially these guys are up there. I know you're trying to psych them out, but like, really, like, come on, Brooks. There's it one. Sucks. There's so. one guy who I think can chirp on the PGA Tour, and that's Tiger Woods. Yeah. And if you're gonna go and you're gonna try to bash, you better be able to back it up. And I, I don't know. I, I think oftentimes I've seen we've seen it before, where guys get affected by losing in this way, and I don't have 100% confidence Brooks will bounce back in the fashion of he's just going to start dominating majors again. I think he'll contend, but I don't see him winning a bunch anymore. Like, yeah, and the thing too, like, you know, then he always like like reposts like pictures of Brinks trucks and things like that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, you've made, you've made a decent amount of money, but like 
you haven't, and I could be wrong too, but you haven't made a third of what DJ's made in his career. You haven't made an eighth of what Rory's made in his, his career. You've never signed a deal like a, a, a like you know club deal or anything like a sponsorship deal like any of those guys. Like uh, I think Nike's paying him a good dollar. He's making some good coin. <laughs> now where Rory, Rory got a quarter billion dollars. He got no, I know, but bills. like uh, I, I mean, he's probably got more money. Well, Brings trucks aside, yeah, he's got a deal with Nike. He's doing okay, but that's not the point. He's such a marketable person for the PGA Tour. The way he goes about his business, how talented he is. Um, good-looking guy, funny on um, social media. And then now he's, like, going after his peers, which makes mm-hmm. zero sense to me. And uh, I just don't like the go- I'm too cool for golf thing. I don't think anyone's too cool for golf. No, no, I agree. Like, don't get me wrong. I do, I do like Brooks a lot, but just, you know, keep staying your – I guess, like we talked about, stay in your lane a bit better. Can we talk about Brink Structs real quick? Morikawa turned professional 16 months ago. He's made just under $7 million since then. Three wins, one major included, and only one miscut. <laughs> like, talk about this guy making some coin. Should have yeah. stayed in school. Should have should have his masters. He did. He yeah. finished four years and graduated. That's oh, should have did his masters then. Yeah, <laughs> undergrad means nothing. Yeah. No, no, that's oh, pretty impressive. Man. He's a super smart guy too. He got accepted that like ex- I'm pretty exclusive business school. Yeah, in Cal. Um, in Cal, yeah. So like that was where the business program at Cal, I should say. So uh, he, some guys have it all, man. What do you want me to say? Let's yeah. get to Tiger Talk. Give her, give us your thoughts because you thought he contended for some reason. I, you know, I didn't think he contended. Like, you know, the the first day, like going out on Thursday, both of you texted saying, you know, it looks like Tiger might, uh, you know, stick my foot right in my mouth. But uh, he striped it. Like, like I think, obviously, apart from the putter, like you, when you make six feet of putts on uh, <laughs> Friday and Saturday, like it was borderline ridiculous. Like. He was putting like uh, like missing everything on the low side, and that's not like Tiger. I know he switched the putter, but Thursday putted well, and that 68 was probably the highest number he could have possibly shot on on Thursday. Like it was a 68, and it probably should have been in the neighborhood of six five, right? Because he missed a ton. But then the Sunday he played a bit better, but it's just the putting. Like, but overall swing looked pretty good. Like he had the irons pretty dialed. I uh, didn't have a real big miss like from, yeah. from my perspective you know i he just needs to play more like i know he's you know building up and he you know whatever even joey came out and said like i think we need to play more tournaments right yeah there's you can only do so much practice at home like it's different practicing at home versus competing against the best in the world you're at a major championship right but he still had all the shots, just made no putts. Rarely can I point out that I'm right twice in a podcast, but I was right about the Morikawa thing. So, call. I expect you to go back, clip that, throw it Don't somewhere worry. on uh, on social media. But I also said last week, Tiger's swing looks great and everything, and it did. And his game looks fantastic, but he's not. It's not tournament scoring. He's not ready to tournament score. That's why I picked him as a struggle and. It, it actually it, it came about. That's what we saw. Gibber, you just exemplified that exact same thing. He hit it better than he scored. He didn't putt well when he needed to make those putts. So instead of making those par putts, when you see him winning major championships, he makes bogey on that hole. You lose momentum. Then that bird, the next birdie means nothing because it's just negating the bogey he just made. So, yeah, I think his game's fairly sharp. But there's a difference between your game being sharp and being able to score in tournaments. Yeah. He need, great. There was one stat on Friday where he was eight back at one point and he was 0 for 7 getting up and down out of a greenside bunker. Yeah, that that <laughs> I couldn't believe that. But the other one 7. Even oh, it, 
they the, the guys were complaining a bit about the bunkers, or I don't know if the announcers were talking about it because even Phil was zero for five at one point. Like Phil is usually you could put him in a garbage can, he could get up and down at least twice. But it was like I guess the consistency in the bunkers wasn't very good. But zero for seven is just trash. Like I think I probably could have got one of them up and down. Yeah, you go one up there. Yeah, yeah, you go three for seven. He's in contention. Going, yeah. in, you know what I mean? Like he just, it's like Kari said. Like that's why we both picked him as the mm-hmm. struggle pick last week because uh, he doesn't play enough and his swing yeah. looks great and that's what's frustrating and I think if like to me this is one where I'm going to chalk on the calendar to be like he played well enough he was healthy enough swung it well enough to be in contention and to compete yeah. and he didn't play enough before to, to put himself in contention and if he's tied with Jack at one point or one back like I, I'm going to look at an event like this and be like that's a missed opportunity because that course was set up perfectly for his iron game. Oh, I agree. And we saw more Kawa. Sorry, Gabriel. Can I say one more thing about Tiger before we move on? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm probably one of the rare people that I, I I love the putter switch. I like that. He went with a little bit more length because I think with the old uh, elder one there, he had struggled practicing with the back. I think it stiffened up. And like, Mm -hmm. that's what you see some, like we talked about the back stuff last podcast um, where you get those random rounds where you're like, you're practicing your putting and then you kind of feel things before you go to the first tee stiffing up. I think that little bit of length, like once he dials it in, maybe with the weights and stuff, because it does have some adjustability at the bottom. Um, I think that's going to help his putting stroke. And even if he practices with that one and gets it dialed so he could use his gamer in tournaments, I think that can go a long way. So I actually do like the thought behind the putter switch. Obviously, I still love the the OG, but that's uh, first down on that. And, and yeah, I agree, Rick. But I, I don't think even had he had the OG in the bag, I don't think he putted that poorly i don't think the putter was going to make much of a difference he could have he could have went in the pro shop and grabbed an odyssey white hot from 2005 and put it the same i think like it wouldn't matter he just put it just complete trash killer but, he doesn't miss with those no he does not miss <laughs> maybe we should get we'll send out like a, a, a white hot number was it number five number nine <laughs> number, nine, number nine but uh sticking with the i guess we'll get away from tiger but sticking with the pga championship i want to talk about the coverage Give a little shout out to a past SRP guest, Colt Nost, uh, doing the the hole by hole, hole following the guys. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, he did a great job out there. Had he was funny, uh, and he could talk golf too, which was awesome. He, he's a natural man. It's that's what he does as a profession now. He's got like the, the podcast and XM. He's that he's dialed in. I, I had no doubt he was going to be good. I caught a couple good sound bites of him just walking <laughs> around. He's got he's got good golf terminology because obviously he's been inside the ropes and and knows what what guys are trying to hit, what kind of shots guys are trying to hit. And yeah, he dialed in. And he he lived up to his, the expectation of him uh, being on course. Right My so. favorite was he was following Spieth and I want to say JT on Sunday, and he was talking Saturday. about this. Walk- or Saturday talking about the lie that that Spieth had. He goes, "Cause ooh, I'd be more comfortable in the gym." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh man, that is just awesome. That oh, is funny. funny. Like they're like, oh, uh, Colt, did you get a? Ch- I, we just saw you walk underneath the towel. Did you get a, a tower? Did you get a good chance to look at JT's lie? He's like, well, more importantly, how do I look? First of all, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the main coverage, I died laughing at that too. That was. But- uh, that was good. More with the coverage. I had two points written down, or three points written down about the coverage. First was Colt to give him a shout out. The second was Phil when he came up and did a bit of the coverage. That was, I thought that was amazing. He went after Nick Faldo too. That was. Did you that see the, just... the three things he does really well? <laughs> One, <laughs> two, 
you did that you did a good job of that on instagram cole i love that that was so funny um but but the third thing i i wanted to uh to talk about was rich beam did coverage every single day but he played the first two days i'm like so you're wow. scheduled to do coverage. Like, did you just know you're going to miss the cut? Oh, like, Rich, well, like, Richie was a safe struggle pick. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, we should have went with Rich Beam. For, Rich. How do you get in the field? There's a there's a limit on unlimited. PGA. Did he Un- not win? He won a he P- won the PGA. Yes, he did. Rich he, Beam. No, won no, the I PGA. know, I know. I'm not arguing that, Gibber. I'm saying a lifetime you know, exemption. Lifetime exemption. Gibber's right. That, when did the PGA change that? It I was never always, a lifetime. Always been lifetime. You get a. Why didn't DJ play? Has VJ Singh won the PJ Championship? Yeah, I don't no. know. Why didn't Why didn't Yi Why Yang play? He's in China. He didn't want to come over. Maybe he retired. Who knows? No chance. Yeah, there's something <laughs> that you do get a lifetime exemption because when yeah. Morikawa won, it did write lifetime exemption to PJ mm-hmm. Championship. I believe that's changed in the last couple of years. Gotcha. So. We'll have to check that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I thought that was funny. Richie Beam, like he played, and then uh, I think the moment he put it in, he went up and did interviews. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of dramatics with struggle picks, Gibber took four and a half hours to pick his last week and dramatically picked Tony Finau, which was the most yeah. random thing ever. Because I thought you were going to go was... someone, and he like he he could have won that event. He played great. He just got to play. I was going out on a hunch, but yeah, I told you from the onset. I was, I said I hope. I'm wrong with this because I love Tony Finau. I I want Tony Finau to win pretty well every single week as you know as long as Tiger's not in the field, he can finish second. Uh, but yeah, I was I was happy to see how well he played. Uh, the pairing on was it, it was it was Sunday him him and Bryce today. I, I think Tony might be longer to be completely honest with you. I think he, he lets too. her go. I, I like think that Tony Adam lets Scott her go. Sure, Bryson. I thought he was yeah, I don't think longer. it's that long. <laughs> uh, VJ won in '98 in 2004, I believe. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cameron Champ even said about uh, Tony. He said Tony's the longest guy out here. He swings half and he hits it as far as everyone else. Yeah, like that's... they said, and, and we've seen clips of him getting over 200 ball speed when he swings it long. Like he's long. Yeah, Bryson's long too, but Bryson's a thick long. Yeah, Tony's Bryson natural. like Tony's a natural. Like he could just hit it out of this world. So I think I feel like Tony's just like a pure athlete. Bryson is working really hard to hit it far, whereas Tony's just like, ah, it just it goes far, man. Like I, I can, I hit it half and I hit it three thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out to Joel Damon, guest here, a little backdoor T ten, played great. And if it wasn't for his triple on the last hole on Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, he would have been right up there because he he would have been one back at one point. And I mean, he played great. So Joel, fucking nice playing, buddy. Yeah, like, like he said, he just slips right under the radar. Nobody mentions his name, and he just keeps on being Joel Damon. Joel Exotic just slipping into the top 10. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, yeah. Are we ready to move on from the PGA? Yes. Um, quickly, let's go to the LPGA. I think Daniel Daniel Kang won Daniel a second Kang. in a row since they came back. Um, uh, Lydia Cole absolutely crumbled on herself, unfortunately, on 18, like three chips later or whatever it was. Uh, uh, Kang one by one. I thought uh, that was kind of a cool event because uh, Daniel King was down by five with five to go, five with six to go, possibly like that. Uh, came all the way back and won. I thought that was a cool finish. And uh, if you guys had a chance to watch it, which you probably didn't, unfortunately, I just wanted to give that a little shout out because back to back wins is uh, no joke. Second yeah. ranked in the world now. 
Yeah, I, I did. I watched a little bit. Um, no, I didn't want to get to watch all the coverage, but what I also did watch too, I watched a bit of the U.S. Women's Amateur. Oh uh, yeah, it sucks that they're on the same week, but I guess you got it. I know. I I love watching the U.S. Am when they got the Junior Am up there and the Women's Am. It's just, I lo- like amateur golf. Just watching the ground, and you get to watch the match play. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool. Totally agree. Mackenzie Tour Life Series also kicks off this week. I think four, two events in BC, two in Toronto. Is that uh, something around there? Um, we got to follow that closely. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk after this. Hopefully, we're going to set something up with the Mackenzie Tour going forward. So I'm I'm pumped. All Canadians, um, all Canadians. So it has a big opportunity for some uh, Canadian guys to get up there and uh, and get full status next year on the Mackenzie Tour. And I'm looking forward to following it for sure. Yeah, super happy they're doing something like that, especially with the limitations and events being played. To be able to put something like that together for Canadians specifically, uh, I think that's awesome. They're doing a great job, and yeah. all, all uh, kudos to the Mackenzie Tour there. It's awesome. Absolutely. And then, I guess moving away from that, the Corn Ferry Tour. This was a, a huge week for them. Uh, we did put, take to our instant, and we, we congratulate our boy Pendy. Uh, securing a spot in the U.S. Open, uh, but yeah, so there was uh, the the other five, the top five in the the order of merit got the the exemption in the U.S. Open. I think it was uh, Will Zeltoris, Pendy, Paul Bargin, uh, Paul Bargin, uh, did Davis Lee Riley Hodges, and Lee Hodges. And Lee Lee Hodges cool. got the W to get in though. Yeah. How clutch is that? That's huge. Whole call just dialing in those names right there. That's why he's <laughs> yeah. the boss. Crazy. I've never been so uh, impressed in my life. The the one soundbite with uh, and I think Lee Hodges is, uh, is buddies with Gliggs and uh, the one interview Hodges did after he went this. Oh, you know how you're going to celebrate? He goes, I think I'm going to celebrate with a with a few twelve ounce curls. <laughs> what a beauty that's that's, that was pretty sweet beauty. and if there's any event made for pendy it's a u.s open and i know it's his first major there may be some nerves there but pendy i i have a good feeling about pendy at the u.s open mm-hmm. oh, oh i'm some money on him for oh, sure 100 guaranteed that's gonna pay like a gajillion to one if you put any money on pendy so like maybe we'll all retire if you know we're put it on put money on pendy and then let him uh, win the U.S. Open. 100%. Before we uh, move on to other things, especially this coming week, Wyndham, there's a lot to talk about this intro, fellas. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. We're buzzing. We're buzzing. buzzing. Niagara Golf Marathon. Gibber and I, we're planning it in uh, – this will be next week. Gibber, give us give him a little rundown. Yeah, so every year we uh, – me and Simo tip it up for charity. We play 100 holes in a day. Uh, so – it's uh it's quite the day we have a lot of fun but we raise a lot of money for charity uh we in our area support a lot of the the local health organizations you know niagara health hotel du shaver um Paso mental health and so all the money goes to a great cause uh even this year obviously with covid uh a lot of these charities and these foundations their funding has you know and their uh their uh, fundraising is way down so any anything we can do to help support these is, you know, obviously it's going to a great cause. So me and Simo are working pretty hard. But, yeah, on the 18th, uh, so it would be next Tuesday, we're tipping it up. 100 holes should take us about 12 hours. So there's uh, – I think there's actually about 60 of us doing it this year. So uh, a local track, Royal Niagara, has graciously let us use all 27 holes this year. So shout out to them for, for letting us use all 27 but it's a, you know, it'd be a great day, you know, hopefully no rain. Uh, I, I'm like tiger. I seize up in the, in the cold and the rain. So 
So we might need uh, you know a couple of coffee and Bailey's to get us going in the morning. But uh, yeah, so we'll post the link out. Anything any of our listeners can do to help support the cause would be greatly appreciated. But uh, I think uh, Colin's coming in at uh, with the betting odds be minus uh, fifteen hundred on me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to make more so, birdies? That's what I want to know. Colin, Colin will likely make more birdies. And so, just for the listeners' information, so we did this last year. Colin, Colin's first go at the hundred holes. This is in a, in a hundred holes, made thirty-five birdies and oh. two bogeys. <laughs> It was probably the one of the best displays of golf I've ever seen. You know, we're, we are playing like an up up tee. We're not playing the tips. There are some gimmies there too, everyone. There, there's, there's some no gimmies. There's no such but, thing as a gimme birdie. As soon as I think there's a gimme birdie, I miss it. We gimme. It was just to keep the speed up because you have to play in under 12 hours to well, get so it. I was going in. the other way with it. I thought you meant like gimme holes to birdie. I'm like, you still have to hit the shot. No, Ooh, no, no, gimme no, birdies no, 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 no. inside. Of, yeah, yeah. inside a flag stick, you just scoop it. So I'm, I'm yeah. hitting some good shots, but I didn't make all the putts. But but oh, you're the best putter other than I will, I will support support Colin. There was zero birdies inside of a flag stick that you didn't either put in or or pick up. Like you were tossing absolute darts. Like a lot, you know, par fives. You had kick ins for you know like an inch here, inch there. But it was it was an un- unbelievable display of golf. He only lost two golf balls that day in a hundred holes, and I think the one was just he was trying to send it DOD on a par five, like, and it was pretty good. I think I lost uh, thirteen in the first six holes. So, so Colin wow. had me. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> sarcasm, Sheldon. Uh, but yeah. So, anyways, we'll post a link out. Anything you all can do to to support us. Uh, would be great, and we'll definitely get a little SRP content going that day with the fellas. There we go, perfect. Love it. That was well executed, Gibber. Thirty-five birdies in a hundred holes. I hope Gibber, you catch. I hope this year you catch him, buddy. I want you to be, win that. <laughs> I wasn't year. bad. No, like the I'll past ten bucks on you. This is the uh, yeah ten years. Uh, I'll pay what fifteen thousand if I beat Colin. Uh, <laughs> uh, past two years though, I've I've made over twenty birdies both times, so I've been pretty happy. I think at first year it was twenty-five birdies in the eagle. And probably shot, you know, 35 over par. Because uh, it's birdie, other, birdie, other, birdie, other. Uh, but this year, the goal for me, trying to get 20, another 25 feathers. But I want to toss in a couple more eagles, maybe an ace. My, I'm, I'm going to call it now. I'm, I'm going to toss an ace in there. It would be a good chance, a good day to try and make an ace. I, I wish know. I could fly down and play with you guys. That would be a blast. But get in the car and drive, baby. Get in the car. Nothing cold work, Gibber. Um, <laughs> what else should we? Oh, yeah, Wyndham. Let's get into Wyndham. Perfect. Um, Sedgefield Country Club. I don't know much about it other than it's a ballpark that's right in front of you. Uh, over 7,000 yards, I think they play a par 70 again. Uh, I think the members play it as a 71. Um, other than being a really nice traditional country club, uh, I have nothing else to say. I'm sure the greens will be rolling perfect, and we can expect low scores every time that happens. Uh, a lot nicer conditions in North Carolina than – uh, in California that we saw in Northern California this week. Yeah, great. Let's let's roll right into the picks, fellas. Horrible course breakdown, but that's all I yeah, had. That's horrible. <laughs> that's you know, terrible. We're going into the pick section. I here. looked at it. I just did that off last year. JP JT Boston's <laughs> the defending champ. Let's say that. Web with the runner up. I know that much. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So was in there too. Yeah. I, that's all I remember. Big breakdown right there. All right. <laughs> let's uh let's roll into the picks. Let's make everyone some money. And if you did follow along on our picks the last couple of weeks, you would have made some money. And if you don't just listen to the podcast and you follow us on Instagram after kind of each round or every other round, we will post 
our favorites kind of moving forward. So it's some live betting stuff. And we did happen to pick Morikawa to win on Sunday. It would have won you over 175 bucks. Ho hum. So follow along with on our a picks $20 bet. on a $20 $20. bet. All bets are 20 bucks. So you can bet as much as you want, but we're just going to standard 20. And so, uh, give her. And, and before we get in, just so everyone remembers uh, with the, when you join through, uh, with Bodog through, through the SRP, Bodog, whatever you put in, they match dollar for dollar up to 200 bucks. Yeah. So you want to put 200 bucks in your betting accounts, $400. So you right there, you, you win 200 bucks. Make a $10 like it's, butt it's a, cash out. Let's go. And just, and just like, yeah. no, just like every payout, you have to roll your bank a little bit yeah. to withdraw. Yeah. Well, my, my account's in pretty boys. I'm almost uh, north of a thousand dollars. You know what? That's just, it's donated money. I know that I'm never going to withdraw that. It's just going to slowly <laughs> deplete, but I've been having a blast so far with it, man. It's so fun. And it. for all your all of our buddies who are absolute gambling degenerates, uh, they do have some of the prop bets in there. I know Rick's mentioned, you know, you can bet Tiger hitting a drive longer than 340 or like things like that. So you get things like that going. You want to put the stress levels high, bet on Tiger's first hole performance. <laughs> Unreal. Like, and then you could do like his the 10th hole or like whatever, how he's going to play 18 if he's going to have like – a lost ball or something like, or hit one in the water. It's wild. It's a, it's a rush. It feels good. It's, uh, yeah. It's right up my alley for, uh, for my buddy, Mark Forbes and my buddy, Tyler Burns. So shout out to those two boys. They both listen. And so the, I'm sure there'll be a bank and a little cash in the old Bodog account soon. Love it. So, so. Who, who, who we got money on this week? Gibber, start us off. All here. right. So just, I, I'm going to preface this week. I'm going, I want, I'm, I want my, like my, my bets here to pay out the most money. So I'm trying to trying to go a little different. I'm not picking the the odds on favorites to win. I, you know, I'm staying away from the Webb Simpsons, the Brooks Kepkas. My winner this week, Abraham Answer. Nice. I, he's on the ticket, yeah. my DK ticket. Abraham Answer. I, I like it. I like how his game is. He, he's been trending upwards pretty good lately. So I think this could be his. Uh, I want to say his breakthrough week. I don't know if he's won on the PGA Tour yet. Should know these things. He has won. But, yep. Yeah, so then my my sleeper pick though, Chucky three six. Nice, yeah, yeah. Chucky man. Yeah, so these these are both. I did my research. They the odds they're not the the greatest odds to win, so they will pay. You know, I say you put the twenty bucks down there, whatever their odds come out, they're going to pay some decent coin, uh, and I think they both have a realistic chance. Uh, you know, say Chucky three six, you want to put him in like with the T ten or the T five or the top five ones. You know, I think that pays pays some uh, good coin there. But my struggle this week. I think Colt knows to agree with me. Jordan Spieth. Oh, man, I can't. I oh. Yeah, I, I like it, but I just can't believe the state of his game. Ah, I like know. I, said, I, he, needs I, to, I, he needs to do I something big with him. Wide. Yeah, I want him to win, but just I, I watched a couple of the par threes, like, and he ended like 30, 30 yards right. I'm like, man, that's just a flare boy. Like, what – is I don't know. It's it's got to be something in the grip. Like I feel like I look at him holding the club. I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna lose the club. Like when you swing, like it's just coming down. And the face is wide open. And I'm like, you're just not even holding it anymore. <laughs> We're having a nostalgic podcast because I remember Paul <laughs> describing Jordan uh, Spieth's grip like one of our first uh, one of our first episodes, and I was in tears laughing. Like, oh, it's hard to watch it. I can't. Yeah, I feel so bad for him because he's he was so good, and I really hope he finds it. I really hope he does. Yeah, like for a while there, they were talking him like breaking records and like like you know, oh, taking yeah. down Tiger's records. <laughs> he's like he was winning at it like a crazy clip, and then just he's got that inside 
open face eye right going right now, and that is a trouble boy. Ooh. So there he is. Sorry, Jordan. But uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully again, I picked Tony to struggle last week. So, hey, <laughs> you probably finished second this week. <laughs> All right, Rex, yeah. who we got? Um, so my winner this week, and he played uh, really well at the PGA, and it's a guy that I always cheer for is Paul Casey. Um, seems like he plays uh, golf the right way. Uh, when he was pounding, man, his ball speed was just phenomenal off the tee. Um, really pure ball striker, and I think it – he works off momentum. We saw him like win at the Valspar a couple of years ago, and he was like, you, he was just trending in that direction. I get that same feeling this week with uh, Paul Casey. He had a very good chance to win, obviously, last yeah. week too. Um, but I think he's going to maintain his form. My, I don't know if we're going to be calling these like sleepers. We're trying to consider them top fives or top tens, like kind of um, someone to put your money on. Um, that if you lose on your first one, you have a good uh, chance to reclaim it on the second one. Is uh, Lantel Griffin? Uh, he's, he's really up pretty far on the FedEx. I think he's maintained his form, played really well at the PGA as well. I don't know how he did on Sunday. I didn't quite check. Um, but that's a name that's been on my radar for a little bit as far as wanting to pick. And I just needed the right week to do it. And I think this is the one, um, I actually wrote three struggle picks down, which is like, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of rare. I didn't, know who to, I didn't know who to go with. Uh, but I decided to keep my struggle pick, uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to struggle, but I hope he does. Is Brooks Kepka for his comments. I think Karma's going to nip him in the ass if it hasn't already. And I'd be content with him not playing fantastic. I would too. Mm-hmm. I love that struggle yeah. pick. I wish I picked him as my struggle, but I didn't. Uh, my winner this week, fellas, I'm going someone who has been playing really well the past few weeks at a T17, the PGA Championship, was the first round leader after round one. I'm going Brendan Todd. Oh, nice. I had him on. Yeah, nice. I really I, I like him. I like where his game's at. I think he's just I, I just really like where everything about his game right now. I think he's playing really well. I think he keeps it up. I am gonna ho hum off Giver's sleeper pick. My top ten this week is Chucky Three Sticks. Nice. I really like uh Charles Howell the third. I really hope he backdoors in a little top five for you. And then my struggle this week, hated doing this, but I'm going Charlie Hoffman. Has not played well recently, and I don't see him <laughs> rebounding. And I'm I'm not saying he's going to miss the cut, but I'm I'm going to say he's outside the top thirty. So I'm going Charlie Hoffman as my struggle this week. Those are those our picks are awesome. I love them every week. I also should clarify: uh, Abraham Answer hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but I think he won Australian Open. Yes. Okay. I didn't think he won a PGA event. Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of messed that up. I know he contended in Mexico, and that's considered a PGA Tour World, or World Golf Championship. Um, I, I knew he had a win. I just I messed that up. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I was right <laughs> twice, and then I backtracked with one. So I'm right on par right now. All right, everyone. That is it for the picks. If you throw $20 on our winners this week, $20 on Brennan Todd will win you $660 on Bodog. Put 20 bucks on Chucky Three Sticks. He'll win you $1,600. 20 bucks on Paul Casey will pay off $400. Gibber chose Abraham Answer as the winner. He's not in the field, so Gibber did absolutely no homework for today's episode. Curry also picked Lanto Griffin as a sleeper pick. He's not in the field, so uh, absolutely brutal picks here. So instead of picking those two guys, if you want to throw 20 bucks on Gliggs this week, he's the ultimate sleeper. Gliggs is going to pay you 8 k Would be an unbelievable payoff, so follow our picks every single week with Bodog by visiting bit.ly forward slash Sunday Red 100. 
All right, fellas, let's stop it right there. Without further ado, uh, today's guest is none other than Brandon Wu, outstanding amateur career, great guy, young professional. You're going to be seeing him a lot. Hope you enjoy today's interview, everyone. Without further ado, here's Brandon Wu. Mr. Hoff, Mr. Giner is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Oh, that's a what is happening everybody welcome back to another episode of the srp joining us today on the pod is none other than brandon woo he's a scarsdale native just like our boy james we had on earlier brandon was another stud athlete who after a great junior career took his talents to stanford university i'm just going to run through a couple uh quick fire uh, accomplishments here that our boy Brandon had. So as a senior, he helped his team catcher capture an NCAA championship. He was the stroke play medalist winner at the 2019 U.S. Amateur, tied for 35th in the 2019 U.S. Open Championship. He's a qualifying medalist for the 2019 Open Championship, semifinalist at the 2018 Western Amateur Championship, and the 2017 Porter Cup champion. Little known facts about our boy here. Like I'd mentioned, he's a pure athlete. Brandon earned four varsity letters in golf and swimming. And he hasn't let his younger brother touch his club since the Circle T incident. In fact, when his brother visits him to this day, he hires Randy Jackson's security team to ensure he can't get close. And if it wasn't for golf, Brandon could have a career in poker. He's known to be stoic and hard to read. In fact, after his win at the Porter Cup during an interview, he was asked how it feels to win such a prestigious event. He responded, Okay, then walked away. He doesn't believe in background checks. He is none other than B Woo, Brandon Woo. What's happening, man? What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Our pleasure, man. Thanks for hopping on. You got that's it. an so, impressive uh, list of accolades there. And the first thing that stood out to me is like, we haven't talked to anyone from Stanford before. And uh, obviously we're Tiger fans. We got the Sunday red name and stuff like that. What's it like to be uh, a top tier golfer for uh, the Cardinal? Oh no, it's sweet. I mean, obviously having that history with Tiger there, um, you know, you see you see him in the red, and it's Stanford's well represented. I feel like, um, but it's cool. Yeah, I got to meet him twice during my time at Stanford. Um, actually, the second time was actually at this course that we're at this week in Portland, Oregon. He was just coming off being, uh, I think he was like a vice captain for the Presidents Cup a few years ago, and uh, he surprised us uh, out here at the tournament, which is pretty sweet. Wow. Uh-huh. And have you hit balls near him, or have you just like just meet him uh, in the team room, or did you actually play golf when he when he came there? No, I actually haven't played with him before. Uh, I was hoping this past summer I played in uh, the U.S. Open and the Open uh, to hopefully get a practice round with him, but uh, it didn't turn out unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> I was hitting balls next to him, I think, at Royal Port Rush, and uh, I remember this is a funny story because I took a picture of it, but on this like big leaderboard or scoreboard thing, they had you know like shot tracers of couple guys like on the range and uh, my name was like right next to tigers who you know looking at each other's shot oh, yeah. on the big board uh, you had to take a picture of that <laughs> I, I, I thought you were gonna say uh you got on tv but it was you taking a picture of a tiger <laughs> oh, when you're yeah. supposed to be warming up <laughs> a playing competitor's videotaping yeah. tiger swing trying to do the same thing he's doing on the range like working on the same stuff oh yeah 
Um, so how did that commitment to Stanford happen? I'm, uh, you probably had quite a few offers. I know you're, you were born in California, correct? Um, what, what made you uh, choose Stanford over everything else? And what were the other options? Yeah, I think after I moved away from California, I was about eight years old. So ever since I moved away, I definitely wanted to go back for school. Um, but as I grew older, it kind of made more sense just because they had a really good golf program and they had, uh, you know, strong academics as well. So I think that made a lot of sense, kind of just uh, getting a little bit of both worlds. What are the what are the practice facilities like at Stanford? Like, that's one of the things I am always curious about. Like, it must be just world class. Like, talk to us about kind of the the, the facilities there. Yeah, for sure. I think Stanford probably has one of the best practice facilities in the country. Actually, um, there's this it's you know a giant piece of property where uh, you know you got different greens, different types of designed greens. I guess you can kind of just hit balls anywhere you want, um, and it's awesome. But uh, beyond that, we also have our own golf course right on the edge of campus, which is a uh, which is <laughs> awesome for us. It's also good for students. I think it's like twenty five bucks to go play. So you know you'll see. Wow. students out there you know with clubs in one hand and 30 rack in the other so they're <laughs> having a great time i um, would have lasted less time than joel damon did uh there in washington <laughs> now how's the track though is uh it's it's you know campus course but is it a sick track as well yeah yeah it's good um you know so when they get it we play we used to play our home tournament there every year and they'd get it in really good condition and be pretty tough like i think uh you know, team scores, like if you're under par, you're doing pretty well. So uh, wow. it's a, it's a good design and uh, yeah, it's sweet for us to be able to play there every day. Wow. And, and outside of golf at Stanford, maybe outside of golf and education, what's your favorite memory or good story you have about uh, your time there? Ooh, I'm trying to think there, there are a few good ones, I guess, but uh, going to like football games, my freshman, sophomore year was pretty fun. We were, we were pretty good. You know, Christian McCaffrey was playing for us and the, fun watching him and then Bryce Love almost won the Heisman as well but uh yeah I think we we beat Washington at home one year and we all stormed the field afterwards so uh, that was pretty cool that's that's a cool memory that's one thing we miss out here in Canada unfortunately we don't get those massive college football games we uh Ours are a little, bit, a little uh, bit more limited in downs and uh, size of football and everything else. But yeah, and I think like uh, our, our uh, university football teams might have like uh, a couple bleachers, you know, hold maybe 35 <laughs> people total. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not well, not it, quite the same. You and you mentioned a couple major championships already, um, and and the ones that stand out to us is last year you played at the U.S. Open and Open Championship. Uh, can you explain your uh, experience maybe at Pebble and uh, just so for our listeners, it was a T thirty five, I believe. So you played really well that week, and I did see you at one point. You're pa- paired with DJ, whether it was a practice round or actual round. I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, but maybe break down that week and tell us what DJ's like to play with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the U.S. Open was definitely super special for me because I think a couple years ago, two years ago, actually, for Aaron Hills, um, I lost in a playoff to Cameron Champ to go. Um, so, you know, I was so close and it just kind of it definitely sucked not to be able to go. But uh, so yeah, after that moment, I was like, I have to be back. Like, I have to play. <laughs> um, and I mean, being at Pebble Beach is so special, especially, you know, my senior year at Stanford, too. And like, you know, everyone's still in school at Stanford and like being right there. So like a bunch of my friends got to come down and uh, and watch that week. So that was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I actually played with DJ in my final round, uh, U S open Sundays, me and DJ, just the two of us. Uh, I remember the night before, like Saturday night. Cause it's like, 
you know, you're kind of like watching the leaderboard. You're usually paired with that the person either right above you, or right below you. So you know, I think it, I couldn't remember who the other guy was, but you know, there's a 50-50 chance depending on how the guys in front of me were finishing if I would actually play with Dustin or not. So you know, I was I remember watching that closely and. Yeah, when it came out, I was super stoked uh, to be able to, you know, I think he was number two in the world at the time. And uh, awesome. yeah, I just go out there and bomb it by him. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> try, <laughs> you try and get in his head on the first tee. It's like, well, DJ, I know you led at Pebble here last time and you didn't play yeah. well on the sun. Right? <laughs> you do think about yeah, that yeah. at all when you're out here? <laughs> and I don't know, I don't have like that in front of me, but I think I read, did you miss, I forget what event it was, but did you miss your graduation because of the U.S. Open and then you walked off the 18th green and they handed you the diploma? That will be. That was my question coming up here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely a cool story uh, for me because, yeah, so graduation was that same Sunday. Um, it's always like every year Stanford graduation happens to overlap with Sunday at the U.S. Open. And I've had a couple or I've known a couple people to make the U.S. Open their senior year, but no one's actually made the cut to miss graduation <laughs> in, in recent memory, at least. So And Father's uh, yeah. Day. Yeah, and Father's Day. So, you know, it was cool. And luckily, my family was already planning on coming to graduation. So, you know, they drive two hours south of Stanford at Pebble Beach. So they got to be there. And, uh, so cool. yeah, it was super cool. Awesome. That's, and, who gave and, you the diploma? So it was actually um, this guy, Stuart Francis, who's now the president of the USGA, but he happens to be a Stanford Business School alum. So it was, uh, oh. it was cool that the USGA was able to you know, conjure up a little mock ceremony and have Stuart Francis present me the diploma. Oh, I think that's, that's awesome. way better than walking across the stage, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't go to mine. I was playing a, a scramble tournament with my buddies. <laughs> Fourth place finish. And, yeah. and this is really cool too. And uh, and I know it, it ended up with an MC, but the Open Championship at uh, Royal Port Rush, that was one for the listeners. Uh, uh, Shane Lowry took home. It was a really good event to watch on TV. What was it like uh, going over there and playing? I know you've played a little bit in uh, on the European side of things as well, but uh, what was that course like? Oh, it was, it was so sweet. I mean, it was... Uh... It was also cool for me to have played the U.S. Open to kind of see like how like how they compare and contrast. Um, but yeah, I remember getting there. The I just remember like the people there like so into golf. It's crazy. I mean, I I wrote Thursday. I probably had like a seven ten ish tee time, and it's like pretty cold, kind of like drizzling. And I was like, this is miserable. But uh, you know, the stands <laughs> are packed. Like they're ready to go. And uh, I was like, I would not be here watching if I were them. But uh, you know, that was cool. And um, yeah, Port Rush was a tough course. I mean, playing that style of golf is, is quite interesting. Um, I remember, I think Monday and Tuesday were like absolutely perfect, like, you know, 70 degrees and uh, sunny weather, but everyone was like, okay, like this isn't going to last. So like, uh, you know, be prepared. And sure enough, Wednesday, it was like pouring rain. Most people didn't even play that day. Um, but I went out by myself just because I hadn't really experienced, you know, like open championship conditions like that before. So I thought it'd be good experience at the very least. And you know, if that happened in a tournament, I would want to be prepared for it. But uh, I guess I played seven holes by myself, and then I swung over to do 16, 17, 18 uh, to kind of swing by back towards the clubhouse. I get on the tee, and Justin Rose and Tommy Fleetwood come up to the tee as well. <laughs> Two of the coolest guys. Wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd known Justin Rose a little bit before, but, uh, you know, we get there, the crowds are like three, four deep, and <laughs> 16 is this, like, 250-yard par three, and I'm a little nervous all of a sudden. So <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a pretty cool experience on Wednesday. 
Uh, what was that like being there at the Open Championship, kind of your first experience? What was like the, the biggest adjustment you say you had to make with your game? Like, obviously, you're used to playing different types of conditioning. Like, what were some of the, the adjustments you were making? Yeah, the biggest one is definitely like controlling your ball and wind. Um, I've always thought like that was one of my strengths, uh, especially compared to like my American peers, I would say. Um, but like watching like Tommy Fleetwood flight his irons is like next level it's it's unbelievable like it's it just has like a different flight almost so i thought that like really stood out to me he, he kind of has that abbreviated even he brings it right to the driver we watched that like there's like a little viral clip of uh, fleetwood going through a bucket of balls working through the bag and like it was just like sticking that finish it's like almost like a three-quarter hold with the driver it's like oh man the sound was unbelievable so yeah, that's I, uh that's cool i love I it he has the best swing, in my opinion. I just love oh. watching him hit balls. I think it's so pure. <laughs> oh, nice. I love Can't that. argue with that. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, uh, we're into your golf career. I want to take a, a little step into Stanford here. So, I, I want to see if you can share with us a, a story you had, maybe with your teammates at Stanford, whether it was uh, an event you guys played well or maybe you didn't play well, had to let off some steam. What, what are some things that stand out for you, uh, remembering the boys and back at Stanford there? <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of some uh, some good ones. I guess there. I mean, we had plenty of ups and downs, so I, mean, I think we, we went through it all. But um, I don't know. I think we just like some of those like stern memories. I guess just like have like I remember my senior year, our coach pulled us aside after the fall. We'd played terribly, and he's like, "Dude, this is the worst fall we've ever had." And we're like, "Oh my god!" Like. <laughs> You know, like we were like concerned he's gonna lose his job or like I, I don't know what was gonna yeah. happen, but uh luckily we turned around my senior year. But like just like moments like that, like it's I mean, golf's such a crazy sport, you know. It's like you can be playing well, you can have all the talent on your team, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't go your way and uh yeah, so it's just moments like that, ups and downs. What did you guys do after the national championship win? So for me it was kind of an abbreviated celebration, unfortunately. But I remember we went we went home and uh, me and a couple of my teammates lived in like a suite. Everyone lives on campus at Stanford just because um, that's kind of how it goes. But uh, yeah, we got to have a bunch of people over and, and celebrate, nice. which is sweet. Uh, you know, that I think we finished Wednesday morning. We got to fly back Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday night was a fun celebration. But uh, I had to leave, I think, early Friday morning for U.S. Open qualifying. So I got I got one day. Yeah, we had that big celebration Wednesday. I had a final presentation for my like last class Thursday morning. Which it's a nightmare. A, oh. a long two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You're up yeah. there just sweating away. Like what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The room is spinning and uh, yeah, it was <laughs> but uh no, so yeah, unfortunately, like that was kinda like the unfortunate part was like that quick turnaround for me. But uh, I mean it was such a cool experience at the national championship and then being able to you know, go home. And I guess one thing that people might not think of is like, uh, for a lot of schools, people are already graduated by then. Um, so for us, it's so cool that all our friends are still in school and like still at school. So we could like celebrate together. Love it. Looking back at that team, you know, we always talk about on each team, there's a glue guy, right? So like, who is the glue guy on your team, whether you just kind of kept things light or you needed someone there, like who is that guy for you? Yeah, I guess um, our glue guy technically wasn't uh, playing in our starting five, but I'd, I'd have to shout out my roommate, Chris Myers. Uh, he was, so him, uh, me, and Isaiah Salinda, who's also turned pro, 
Um, but the three of us were all in the same year. So we were all really close, but I guess Chris was kind of the, the sunshine on a dark day or whatever you want to call it. So he was always, you know, and actually him and one of my other teammates, um, they actually made the trip out, um, the day before our championship match, they flew out from Stanford on their own dime, uh, just to come out and support the team. So, That's awesome. you know, that, that kind of shows their character and, you know, how close we were as a team. Nice. So, I hope they were planning a team party too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They've been, Dan will better have been. But uh, was there any like unique tradition you guys had? Like we look, you know, some like a superstition or, you know, a school tradition that kind of year over year everyone follows. Like I know, uh, was it uh, Notre Dame? Everyone, you know, coming out, they slapped the sign, coming on the football field and things like that. Shoot, I don't know if we really had a tradition quite like that, I guess, in my my years there winning golf tournaments that was yeah. Tradition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we try to make that our traditional yeah. so i always like to ask uh brennan uh you know the boys rolling up you know a team van i don't know what you guys rolled up in but uh what, what was your role at stanford like uh you know windows <laughs> down the boys are pumping getting ready to go play yeah i guess it's interesting because it depends on what van you're in but uh if you're like I know Isaiah loved to handle the music, and if he was on the ox court, it would be heavy rap the whole time. All right. <laughs> it was right. And sometimes, like, yeah, it would be fine, and then, you know, there would be a, a few uh, bad lyrics, and our coach would turn on <laughs> Eric Church and some country music, and that would be the rest of the ride. <laughs> Hey, both decent options. You gotta you yeah, gotta sprinkle yeah. in each genre there. Um, sure. You talk about uh, Isaiah Salinda, and we the, we know him as uh, on Golf Channel. We're watching you guys trying to close out the national championship. I believe both you guys won four and three and went three and zero oh in match play. What's he like as a teammate, and even what's he like as a person? Yeah, he's ultra competitive as well. Um, so I think him playing at a high level and being super competitive definitely pushed me and everyone else on the team. Um, and having him like in the national championship, like that was crazy in match play because he'd had some match play success uh, previously. He went to the semifinals in the USAM at Pebble Beach the year before. Um, so, yeah, I guess it ended up being that both of us went three and zero in the match play. So we we had won. So, yeah, I guess we just need one point outside of our matches. So, yeah, I guess, made it easy then, on the fellows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, it's crazy looking back. I remember his first match when we played Wake Forest in the first round, I think he must've been three or four down through nine holes, but he brought it all the way back and won the match. And honestly, that was, you know, the deciding point there. So props to him for showing some metal and the bringing it back. That's awesome. And out of 10, what do you, how do you like his music selection? I'd give it a two and a half. <laughs> we'll be sure to, we'll get his handle. We'll tag him in that, that audio. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, uh, uh, Oh, go ahead, Gipper. I was going to say, I don't know if I, I always like to kind of take a step back. We've dug pretty deep into Stanford, but I like to get to hear a bit of the roots and, you know, how you got into the game. What was the driving uh, influence? And, you know, as a mom, dad, brother, sisters, or what have you? Yeah, for sure. So I, when I was growing up in California, we lived right by a golf course. And uh, I think my dad was really into the game. I don't know if he really played that much uh, before, but he just like really enjoyed it and started taking me out. So we were kind of both like learning at the same time and just being around a golf course, uh, you know, like so close in proximity to it. Um, that's kind of how I just got started. Like it was super easy. There'd be junior golf camps to go in the summer. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's how I began. And then I guess I, 
my parents, I guess, saw something good in me because I, <laughs> I liked it. But, you know, I also like playing other sports and, you know, doing other things, running around with my friends. But uh, they kind of kept me at it for a while. And then, yeah, by, I guess, middle school, I started to really enjoy it and kind of take off from there. Right on. Uh, and what were those other, like, uh, we saw, you know, we mentioned swimming. I saw a little picture of you playing some football. <laughs> were those the two sports there? Yeah, yeah. So I'd been swimming since about the same time. So I swam all throughout high school, uh, which is cool. And then I played, I think, three years of football in high school just for fun. I mean, I just, I'd never what, played before. And What was the was position? Fun. I played, like, safety and, like, wide receiver. So, you know, oh, okay. it, was just, it was fun. <laughs> Laying out the big open field hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I might have came across that you're a little bit of a hockey fan as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love watching hockey. Um, and I went to high school in the Northeast, too, where, you know, yeah. hockey's big. Most of my friends are Bruins fans, which is less fun. But uh, <laughs> We don't like them either. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, actually, one of my teammates, uh, golf teammates from high school, he's now playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, you know, getting to see him do pretty well and talk Who's to that? him a little bit. Uh, Sam Lafferty. So he's, uh, okay, yeah. I think he's, he's kind of floating around, uh, but he got – called up i think maybe halfway through the season i think Sidney crosby got injured or something so uh but yeah you know he made sports center on a nice uh breakaway goal so he's uh doing pretty well <laughs> i'm a penguins fan so i'm very familiar with him <laughs> okay yeah 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 no he's, what's he's the great. big dub tonight yeah yeah gibber's sure. also a, a washington fan when they won the year before <laughs> gibber by the time this gets released uh, pittsburgh will be out buddy um so uh, about him his golf game what's the worst thing what's the thing he struggles with the most in the golf course uh lafferty yeah you know i haven't played with him in a while i guess but uh he's pretty good actually no i (laughs) want to hear you go after him what's the worst thing worst quality uh Man, he probably would just get a little sideways with the driver. I mean, he hit it a mile. He's just yeah. strong, you know. And, but, uh, yeah, just get a little, little sideways. And, uh, That's a, <laughs> but, a typical no, I, hockey player. He's, he's, yeah, he's been sending me his scores. I guess he's been hanging out uh, in Philly or something, and he's sending me, like, 67, 69. He's like, when are we going to go play? Wow. <laughs> wow. So it's good stuff from him. Oh, that's fantastic! I and I and I did mention this. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Cardi. I did mention the Circle T. There may be a little Circle T story with uh, your yeah, uh, yeah. younger brother. I, James mentioned we got to hear that one. Yeah, this is this is a pretty funny one, and I didn't learn about this until uh, I guess a couple months after the incident. But so I have a twelve-year-old or eleven at the time brother, um, and he's starting to get into golf. My dad likes to take him out, um, and you know I had a couple other. Uh, putters laying around that I wasn't using just laying at home and one day he grabs this circle tee putter which is you know it's 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 a like a nice putter and, yeah you know w- worth a, a decent amount I guess and you know it's like pretty valuable to me but you know he just grabs it and brings it to our local pro shop he's like hey uh, can you cut this down like 10 inches <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank god like the pro was like hey like this is your brother's putter he probably does not want it cut down by like 10 inches so luckily they didn't do that but yeah he's just casually bringing it in like yeah yeah it's like just cut this down for me will you uh, <laughs> just get phenomenal. home he's just like in yeah, the living yeah. room with your putter <laughs> yeah I know. seriously oh, Cheers. <laughs> oh i would i would die to get my hands on a, a circle t um yeah. <laughs> uh, let's jump in a quick nine or what's your handicap call which way do you want to go with this Let's go. Uh, we, I like starting with what's your handicap? Okay, perfect. So Brandon, cool. this is a fan favorite segment. Kari's going to play a little intro music. He'll do his best okay. to uh, talk through it and we'll jump in. 
So what's your handicap is a segment we started. We're uh, we're all golfers. We've been around the game for a lot of years now. And uh, sometimes when you get to the course, you see someone, whether they're wearing something, whether it's something about their golf bag, something that they have attached to their golf bag. And before you see them hit a shot or play a golf hole, you could probably guess what their handicap is or above. Like, so for example, that guy's got a ball retriever in his bag. He, I'm assuming he's an 18 plus handicap. So we'll go in rotation here. We'll each do two. So it'll be uh, call Jack and myself. We'll go around in rotation. Um, your goal is to maybe give a brief description of what this player is like, whether you've seen them in a pro-am or when your college teammates possibly. And then uh, after we do two each, we'll, uh, we'll ask you for one. And uh, we'll get to that point right after, but we have to eliminate a few because we're getting some repeat offenders. So, uh, Call, you want to start us off, buddy? All right, we'll lead her off. All right, Brandon. So uh, maybe you're on the range, maybe you're on the first hole or whatnot. This guy picks up his wedge. It's a brand new wedge. He still has the sticker on the back of the wedge, like right up the shaft. Still has that fresh sticker. And it may not be a new wedge. Like he may have had this around for, for a long time, but he's still got the sticker on there. Probably, probably a 10 plus, you know, he's warming up with his wedges. 10, 10 sounds about right. He can hit a couple good shots. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I hate the sticker on the shaft, especially for some reason when it's on graphite like that, the wedges, sometimes they keep it underneath. Like Titleist puts the oil can one underneath, like this mm-hmm. should rust over time. Uh, but the driver's shaft with like, it like <laughs> kind of wraps around the whole thing and it's white on like a black uh, matte finish. It's just like, I can't believe you swing with this thing on. <laughs> Probably affects swing weight too. I don't even know. But Gibber, you have one for? Us? Yeah, yeah. So sorry, my video is not working. But uh, so I'm going to the well for this one, Brandon. So this guy carries his golf bag as if it were a large piece of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's, it sounds like he's just trying to get away from his wife for a couple hours. <laughs> he's probably at 20, but playing in two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'll take the, the I love If he's right. getting away from his wife, it may be six and a half hours, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah, you guys see that? On Instagram, it was like circulating. They're like trying to see like uh, if your best friend's like loyal or something. The girlfriend texts, it's like, oh, he's been seven hours at the golf course. How long does golf usually take? And his buddy's like, oh, around seven hours. <laughs> he just <laughs> lies to lies to her. So I thought that was so great. Okay, uh, my first one, and you kind of mentioned it, but uh, starts a warm up session with a driver. Oh man, <laughs> that's another twenty, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, have you have you or have you not done that this year on the golf course? I haven't done it this year. No, I haven't done it this year. But I was known to go straight to the diesel every once in a while. <laughs> every <laughs> other <laughs> round, forgive her. Oh, uh, am I up now? What no, that's me. Okay, so. all right, I'm up. Uh, all right, so right, so you should probably see this in a pro am or maybe with the players that aren't typically that great at golf. But every time you hit a putt. They right when you make contact, they go get in. <laughs> yeah, I probably have seen that in a pro am or two. It's like I just left that like ten feet short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I guess I say 12, 12, 13. 
that's that's the range there. That's that's not bad. That actually you on. That happens yeah. way more often, but it doesn't bother me as much on the putting green as it does off the tee ball. Like yeah, yeah. We, we we've talked about in multiple podcasts. Like as like if there's like a gallery watching, I'm sure you've hit in front of a lot of people, especially playing with like Fleetwood and Justin Rose. As soon as you hit the ball, even if you like hit a little bit of a heely spinny one, everyone's like, oh wow, what a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and my last one, or our last one for you, is like uh, on the first green, like you're just playing at your home track, uh, that your playing partner putts up and they're kind of in your line, and you're like, oh, can you throw a mark on it? They're like, oh, I don't have a mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that myself. <laughs> oh, no. Plus eight. Plus, yeah. Plus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, usually when I was just playing for fun, I use a T at best. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> maybe like move the ball. there. Okay. Yeah, I, that's what I remember too. <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey, Gibber, last one there, bud. Yeah, so my uh, my last one is I call this miss this guy Mr. Post. Before every uh, every shot he's out there playing, he's all about that gram. Every single hole, there's an Instagram post. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, is that James? Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, yeah. If you if you follow James, you'll know he likes to post. Uh, yeah, his cat is out there taking a few videos today. Uh, I'm sure they'll be up on the gram later. <laughs> That's actually the caddy's only responsibility in the job yeah, description. Yeah, just a <laughs> videographer. <laughs> so what's that guy's handicap? Uh, pros excluded on this one, we'll say. Hopefully it's like something good to post. So let's say let's say single digit. Let's say five or six. Like I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys all right now. If I play Ben, if I play Pebble, if I play Piner's number two, I'm taking an Instagram photo yeah, for it, yeah. no questions asked. Just <laughs> see, I need proof on online yeah. for that. Um, and then uh, the second part of what's your handicap we have is you have to think of one for us. I already used the ball retriever one, so you can't use that. You also can't use iron head covers. You can't use towel in the back pocket, and you can't use like a clip-on brush on the belt loop. But do you have okay. one for us. Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've seen those golf bags. They're like giant golf bags, but they have like a little slot for each club. <laughs> yes. So it's like, yeah, like like I think my like stand bag has maybe two, two to three, two to three like slots for your clubs. You know, all like most of your irons go in one, wedges go in one, but you know they have these bags on the cart. It's just like one club per slot. <laughs> this this seems to be like a phenomenon happening in golf because i've seen this way more this year than others yesterday even i saw someone pull out the driver and it wasn't just in a slot but the entire tube came out they're <laughs> <laughs> fucking brutal man it's they don't they like so scratch bad. your shots dude yeah. I, I hate those things i will say this person is an eight plus they can get it around but for some reason they they probably cart it full time and that's why they have those bags so that's why i'm going to say they're an a plus <laughs> call i couldn't agree i couldn't back your point more and they're not playing if it's cart path only either yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an auto cart for sure it a needs plus. to be like, 90 degree rule at least <laughs> <laughs> and yet they still don't follow it if there's two of them in a cart <laughs> I, i'm going uh I, for me i'm jumping i'm giving that no better than 18 bogey golfer i can't stand that Oh, yeah, it's bad style for sure, but it, it it also age dependent. Like the fact that he was uh, Brandon was like su surprised, like he he's the first time he's seen it in a while. I've seen those like for the last decade. I feel like those aren't those aren't new. Those big bags with the fourteen yeah. slots and like Titleist is making like options with them more frequently, which drives me <laughs> nuts as well. Um, 
Gibber, we're going to have a tough time doing our second part of the segment or third well, part of the segment. That, that, yeah, okay. Brandon saw me at the beginning. So, Brandon, so this is uh, one I like to throw in. It's called Judging the Book by Its Cover. So uh, <laughs> you're going to have to remember what I look like. But by just looking at the three of us here, what are our handicaps? And you got to be you got to be descriptive. you got to tell us how we get it around the course, you know, if we have one tendency uh, and what that might be. You don't and, have to be friendly. And my name's pronounced Kari. Collins with the mustache. Jack doesn't have yeah. the video right now, but he's uh, he had the backwards hat today, I think. And the shades. Yeah. I feel, I feel like Jack's probably a grinder. I could see that. That's kind of my, my first impersonation or impression of him. Uh, yeah. You know, scraps it around. Uh, I would say breaks 80 on occasion, so maybe a nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, what what's his big biggest struggle on the golf course? Just by looking at him, or, or to make uh, you remember, sh- short putting. <laughs> Gets but, frustrated when missing short putts. <laughs> awesome. Now Colin next. Uh, I, well, I see he's got the rowback hat on, which is a. Uh, you know, he, that's kind he's of a cheating. more niche. He's <laughs> cheating now. He just wears that on purpose for this specific segment. It's been yeah. mentioned twice. <laughs> more niche brand. I feel like it's like, you know, you play nice courses, you go around with your buddies, you have a good time. Um, handicap wise, probably about the same range. <laughs> eight to around ten. the nine. Eight to, right. ten. eight to ten. Yeah. What's yeah. what's my miss out there? Uh pops his drive up to the right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great, and uh, and yeah, to try and guess mine if you if you want to take a stab at it. Well, the Tiger Woods hat means plus automatically. So. Oh, I love you for that. See, I wore it for our Stanford yeah, alum here. Yeah, exactly, but uh, you know, I, I could say I'd say a one or a two. Oh, I love you, buddy. We're we're gonna be great friends. <laughs> That's fun. Just remember that, guys. Uh, Colin, if you want to tell him you can, if not, then we can just keep moving on. We'll make him. We'll make him listen to one of the other podcasts. Yeah, we're gonna make you listen. Uh, you uh, you couldn't be more wrong, but uh, we're gonna make you listen to one of the other podcasts to see how wrong you were. I'm yeah, trying to yeah. think. Like, I think Colt Nose was one that we had a good description of what, how we play. I I think that's one of them. Maybe you give a listen until you you find a good one where we actually yeah, tell yeah, you our handicaps. We'll make it a guessing game until then. Let's jump right into quick nine because I, I always like these ones the most. This is uh, nine quick questions. Um, Cole will ask the first three. Gibber will ask the next three. And then I'll uh, finish it off down the stretch and uh, answer them as quickly, as slowly as you want. Yeah. All right. Uh, first one here. Do you prefer a high cut four iron that lands nice and soft or a little nippy wedge? Probably nippy wedge. Oh, I like it. Yeah. What, what did Tiger when he was like uh, winning like in 01 or 2000 or 2001 or whatever? He, Stevie asked him why he wants to play that spin shot and chicks dig the spin. I like that. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right, that dude, was a big uh, book or something. <laughs> number two here. Uh, who's the most impressive player you've seen on the range? On the range. Uh, my teammate, Ethan Ng. He was sick on the range, but not great on the course but he's getting better so <laughs> when you said on the range he's very impressive on the range oh that's cool I, I it's weird that you can't transition that maybe it's just sight lines maybe they just need to frame it certainly certain ways what's the what do you think like if you were to give him advice what would you say i think um i personally think uh like with the iron stuff uh you're never on a flat lie like on the range you're on a perfectly flat lie and 
you always like on the golf course like rarely do you have like a perfect number so I definitely hit more like you know like punch slash three quarter shots like throughout the day than people might think or like uh, just because you know rarely do you like my seven iron goes about 185 but rarely do you have like 185 to the pin or, or something like that you yeah, know? yeah so it's like usually a couple less couple more like you kind of gotta like switch that up um so i think that's pretty important and then driving like because i i struggle with driving as well from time to time but like just sight lines and also wind as well like for some reason like i like to cut the ball but when the wind's off the left like it just feels like, you know, a little awkward almost. Yeah, the time. Yeah. It's like, it's a bizarre thing, but. Uh, I get that reason. any type of ball, uh, <laughs> uh, ball shape I'm looking for. So it's not just one. And yeah. no wind, eh, there, Kari? <laughs> no wind. <laughs> it just feels like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, last one here. We know you're a hockey fan. So who's your favorite hockey team? Uh, the San Jose Sharks. Okay. Yeah, grew up in California, so been watching them since I was a kid. I love it. Big uh, Patty Marlowe or uh, Joe Thornton? Uh, Jumbo Joe for sure. Oh, I mean, Marlo. nothing against Patty Marlowe, but Jumbo Joe is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. He's a hard one to go against. What about uh, Joe or uh, Burns? Ooh, I don't know. They both have mean beards. I don't know if you guys remember seeing those like videos yeah. or commercials with them. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Burns is yeah, Burns is pretty sick too. I guess. <laughs> you, there's yeah. like a photo of them both with their shirts off. They look like yeah, yeah. like the ultimate dad bods with the huge yeah. beards walking downtown <laughs> San Jose. That's so yeah, awesome. Fantastic. All right, Gibber. Yeah. All right. So he, your bio says you happen to be a bit of a swimmer. So are we going speedo or the the compression shorts? Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, throughout high school, we did speedo. That was kind of ah. like everyone does speedo. So it's I like it. Yeah. All about the you know going through the water as fast as possible. All right. Go off the quads. So, so I wish I would have had this uh, written out, but I had favorite hockey team too. But <laughs> I'm gonna change this, so we're gonna go favorite athlete. Favorite athlete. Oof. Um, I'd probably say either Mike Trout. Um, or Steph Curry. Those are my all two right. favorites. Cool answers. I like it. All right. All right. And then uh, running out here for me, the most interesting thing you have in your golf bag. Interesting thing. <laughs> um, I guess a little superstitious one is I always mark my ball with a $1 coin. Um, so okay. that's kind of my thing. Yeah. It's like I use like silver dollars, which are a little bit bigger than quarters. Um, it has like a nice weight to it almost, but it's not too like obnoxious to use. So I think oh, it's, good. it's cool. Nice balance. Yeah. Take a, take a peek over in uh, Jake Knapp's bag next time you're on the range and you see him. I, you know, I actually, I saw, I think I saw you guys' thing. That's something else. I love that. Uh, uh, Gibber, was that, was that number hole number six right there for you? That was hole six. Yeah. Okay. You know what? And at some point, we're going to learn to go over these before we have an interview because we did have two overlapping ones there. But I thought of two on the fly. So hole seven was your favorite PGA Tour player growing up other than Tiger Woods. I think probably Sergio Garcia, actually. Because, yeah, uh-huh. we, we would watch... Um, I lived in Beijing for a little bit and uh, the HSBC was always there and I went for a couple of years to go watch and uh, yeah, I just kind of liked his game. I got to play one hole with him when I was about 12 or 13 years old. So yeah, cool. kind of, yeah, that was a good That's memory. Sweet. 
And uh, we're going to get sidetracked here just very briefly. What's golf like in Beijing uh, in the five years you were there? Like, what is it? How is it different than North America? It's um, it. I guess it's golf is definitely more limited um, than in North America. But um, yeah, it's like we played at a Jack Nicklaus design course. Um, it was awesome, and they have like yeah, they're like really into it. Um, I guess one interesting thing is like. A lot of the, most of the caddies in China are female. That's kind of how, oh. that's like a, that's kind of how they go, I guess. Um, mm. You know, and then a lot of the golf carts are built with like a, kind of like a standing platform behind the bag. So the caddies can kind of just jump on the back and oh, cool. like hold on behind. So yeah, it's, it's like little like things like that, I guess are, are different. And you probably wouldn't uh, expect that when you go over there, but it's kind of like, popular thing over there <laughs> awesome wow. uh so uh hole number eight uh, what's the coolest thing about signing with adidas that, that's an interesting one because i i definitely i hadn't really been involved with adidas at all uh, stanford was an all nike school um but the opportunity kind of came up and i'm so thankful that it did because it's it's been awesome but uh yeah it's i mean as long as like or like similarly to other major sports companies but you know i have like a couple soccer friends for example that adidas as well you know cool. so it's, it's cool to see them and like kind of be part of this like big sports family and i know adidas does like a lot of different creative stuff with like you know like music artists like obviously like with kanye they have their like easy shoes and lines so it's like cool to see them like <laughs> be a part of like different aspects of pop culture yeah you actually don't even want the golf gear you just want a pair of yeezys yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly okay and our in our ninth hole uh what's your favorite video game either past or or sorry present or past Oof, i'd probably say call of duty <laughs> oh and then oh, are you like uh, are you up to date with them do you play the most recent ones or i don't know the names anymore or do you like are you a black ops one guy uh, I, I play the recent one. Uh, it's okay. cool for me because I get to play with my friends um, who don't live in Dallas, you know. So it's like cool way to like stay connected. And we're just like hanging out and it's like doing something. So uh, and it's been nice during quarantine too because you know can't really go outside and do much. And so yeah, it's cool. Absolutely, that's awesome. Love it. Uh, so a couple like I want to get into kind of like the state of your game right now um, before we go anywhere further. So I know a couple weeks ago you had a, a T9. You were leaning after three rounds there. Like walk us through kind of that week and, and how your game's feeling right now. Yeah, honestly, I've been playing really well for a while now, I feel like, um, especially the last few weeks. But uh, yeah, that was a cool week because I hadn't played a single event on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, till that one. And I, I'd just been trying to Monday qualify. You know, I, I drove up to that event uh, preparing to Monday qualify. But suddenly, uh, because of like a reshuffle, because guys are taking weeks off, like I was into the field. So, you know, that was that was cool. And I was just trying to take advantage of that opportunity um, because I I am a conditional member, which means I can get reshuffled and like get back into the mix uh, if I just score some points. So, you know, that was my goal that week was to just kind of score some points and start to build a schedule because that's kind of been the one thing missing this past year. Uh, sorry. So you once you graduated school, you took a little bit longer to turn professional. So guys you played uh, played against in, uh, in at school, like like the Hovlands, Morikawa. Uh, I think Scotty Scheffler was in there at some point. When you see those guys having immediate success on the PGA Tour, how does that drive you? Because you're right in that conversation and you're just w really one season away from that in all our opinions. Um, so what uh, is that extra motivator for you or how does uh, how does that work going forward? And what uh, led to I think it's just, 
Yeah, I think it's cool to see them do well because it kind of just paves the path for me and, you know, guys, that, uh, the rest of the guys in, in the year and that are good players as well. Um, you know, just to be able to see them do it and be like, okay, I was competing with them in college last year. Like, I know I can compete with them and I can do it at the next level as well. But um, my personal opinion is there's, there's no rush. That was kind of the attitude I had for waiting to turn pro at the end of the summer as well. Um, this was, I really wanted to play the Walker Cup, which is one big reason. But, uh, you know, it was, it was fun to go out and play that, like, good amateur schedule and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully play the Walker Cup. And, Honestly, I think it turned out really well for me, like as as well as it could have, just because, um, you know, like playing the U.S. Open and Open Championship as an amateur is is a way more like selective group, I guess, uh, yeah. than, than a newly turned pro. Even though it's like the same, it's the same thing. But you know, since you're an amateur, I think I was one of maybe four at the Open Championship. It just becomes a you know so a little cool. cooler for me. Yeah. Super <laughs> so, cool yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the Walker Cup obviously went well. I think that was at Hoy Lake. So for the listeners, I, I'm pretty sure that's where Rory won. If he didn't win there, I really apologize. But you went three and one that week as well, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was such a cool week. I mean, there's nothing quite like that because there's, you know, thousands of people watching. And when you play your morning matches, it's a foursome, so alternate shot. And there's four matches on the entire golf course. And you, yeah. know, you got like a thousand people with each group kind of just standing 10 feet away. And the uh, you know, it was that was just a spectacular experience. What's uh, what's been the biggest transition? Obviously, I know you're kind of like a newly professional, and you're you had like such a good amateur career. You're gonna have a good professional career, but what's been the biggest transition jump into uh, the professional game? I guess um, I was talking to Colin Morikawa earlier this year, um, and he was like, um, so he thought it was kind of just familiarizing with. Uh, everything that's going on and I actually agree with that Um, just because you know in college like you know everyone from the people you're playing against to the rules officials to you know like everything going on is really familiar so I think and I've started to like become more familiar you know getting to play with you know like a Dustin Johnson or like guys like that and practice rounds with Justin Rose and Tommy Fleetwood you know instead of staying there getting starstruck on the first tee you're like okay like I'm gonna try and beat you today so like keep on like getting that sort of mentality and getting comfortable out there, I think is the the biggest change. Yeah. Getting to know the golf courses too, because you see some, like once True. you become an established pro, you get to pick the golf courses you want to play on. And I know me personally, when I know a golf course that I'm comfortable on, I shoot a hell of a lot better than when I'm not comfortable. And we're talking about those awkward tee shots again. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Uh, let, let's uh, quickly roll through a couple segments that we need to clean up before we get off here because there are some of our favorite ones. Let's do a quick wrench talk. This is uh, what's in the bag. I believe you're a Titleist guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you, maybe you don't have to roll through the full bag because it seems like a pretty standard bag just from what I've seen. Uh, but what stuff you like looking at or what's maybe something specific about the clubs that uh, you prefer when they're built? Yeah, uh, I, I really love Tylus' stuff. I've been using it since I was probably in middle school. But, um, you know, everything is, is really simple looking. It's clean looking. You know, like the drivers are all black. There's no, like, graphics on top or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. I guess the, the special piece would be my putter. It's a, it's a t- like a circle T. It's a 009. Um, yeah. Sweet. It's got Jordan a, Spieth for the listeners, kind of that style. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So same head style. Mine on the back has like a red dot in the back, and it just says Titleist. Um, so I love that on the cool. bottom. There's got not, nothing, no writing on the bottom either. So yeah, I think you got you got to send us a few pictures of that, please. Yeah, That's yeah so for nice. Sure. Playing like, length, uh, twenty-four point five inches. <laughs> yeah, cut down on my 
Uh, that's awesome. And then uh, anything specific with the wedge setups or anything like that? Uh, what what lofts do you have, and uh, and why do you do that? Maybe. Yeah, so I go four wedges. So I have a pitching wedge is forty six, and then a fifty one, a fifty six, and a sixty. Um, I think the four wedge setup has become way more popular in the last few years. Um, the way that it was like explained to me and that I look at it is that you're going to have a gap somewhere in your bag, uh, regardless of how you kind of phase it out. Um, so I think it's better to have a gap towards the top of your bag. And instead of in your like scoring clubs and scoring range, you know, be more dialed in that region. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's, that's, been, actually, that's been reiterated yeah. by like a lot of professionals we've had on. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite question to ask is like the Zurich Classic on the PGA Tour. Let's say you're a PGA Tour member next year, and you have to pick one partner to go in that tournament with. Who would it be? The Zurich Classic is that what you said? Yeah, if you have to pick a partner uh, for the alternate Sean Betterball, who would it be? Oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, probably Colin Morico. <laughs> you guys have seen him play. Like, geez, does not miss a shot. So uh, I think we we do pretty well. <laughs> the iron play is just on a different level. I, I still yeah, don't yeah. understand how he hits the ball. And what would uh, you and Morikawa come out to for your walk-up music? Because that's something that's featured in that tournament. <laughs> that's right. And then uh, Linda doesn't get to pick it. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind coming out to some rap, maybe some DMX to get everyone fired up. Oh, I, I appreciate that actually. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's one of my favorite favorite answers so far. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. So, question I wanted to kind of add on that: when you're picking your partner, uh, what kind of game do you think would best suit yours? Uh, you know, a guy that bombs it off the tee, or you know, a fairway finder guy. Like for me, when I play with Colin, it's uh, Colin's the fairway guy, and I kind of just try to send it. <laughs> yeah i actually think um although you know it's like interesting to think about like mixing and matching like different styles i actually think the best way to play that kind of format is like especially the alternate shot is having similar styles um because i'll give you an example like when we did our walker cut practice sessions um just to kind of get familiar with playing alternate shot and trying to figure out partner setups for the walker cup like i'd be paired with guys like Isaiah who are really aggressive on the putting green <laughs> versus me, I'm way more conservative. So it's like, you know, from 20 feet, if he's blowing it four feet by, like he's fine with that. But suddenly I have a four footer coming back down the hill, like not as much fun for me, you know, you better not so, leave me that an alternate shot partner. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's why having like similar styles, like especially in aggression and conservativeness is, is pretty important. Cool. That's a good answer. Like that. that is a really good answer. Um, which way I have one, maybe one more and then we can um, wrap we're going to go. Uh, yeah, we're going to go into our fan segment. So I don't know if you saw Brandon, but we go, uh, we go on Instagram every time we ask the, uh, we ask the fans, um, we tell them you're coming on. These can go in any different direction. So we're going to fire through a few here. Um, right. first question, this is what we asked everyone. So I'll ask, I'll, I'll premise this first. So do you ever have some beers on the golf course? Yeah, I guess not, not as often as you might think just cause you know, a lot of the time you're like practicing and then for sure. you're not like, for me, it's like when I'm not like practicing or playing tournaments, I kind of just take time, a little bit of time off away from the golf course. Um, but you know, it's fun to go out with your friends and, uh, all right this fits in perfect so you're out on one of those days chilling with your friends on the course. How many beers you putting back in 18 holes? Oof, I don't know if I'll make it 18. <laughs> <We> <laughs> I think the last time we played, my one of my buddies has a little like nine hole course by his, uh, you know. So we're like, 
shotgunning a couple on each team. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't last that long when that happens. <laughs> Only a night hole of any. He's done yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's I love awesome. it. All right. Uh, what would you rather not do here? So first one, hit a hit in the hazard or three putt. Probably three putt. There's, I feel like there's no no worse feeling than that. Fair <laughs> enough. There for sure. Uh, you and uh, you and James Nicholas play match play. Who wins? I mean, I'd have to go with myself, but <laughs> it'd be a very close match. <laughs> it's like whole fourteen close. Is that? <laughs> I, I I watched. I've been following along with James. He makes a ton of birdies. He'd be a hard guy to play against. He, he throws in the occasional number, but he makes a lot of birdies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you guys ever watch him play, he hits it a mile, and he hits it so good. Um, and then yeah, he can get pretty hot with that putter too. So I, yeah, I've played plenty with him, and he's he's definitely a, a good player. <laughs> just, just so you guys know, Brandon's averaging three eighteen off the tee this year so far. Whatever, whatever the skew that is. So when he's saying someone bombs it, I don't even want to know how far yeah, the, yeah. the bombing it is. <laughs> Love it. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? <laughs> I like that one. Probably to read minds. I think it'd be interesting Ooh. to <laughs> different answer. <laughs> That was deep. <laughs> I think he stared at you, Gibber, when he said that. I don't know what's up with you. He's looking at the blue light in your glasses. Oh, um, I wish you could see me right now. It'd be better. Yeah. Oh, All right. Uh, last one here in the fan segment here. Would you rather win a Canadian Open or an Australian Open? Oh, definitely Canadian Open. Ah, had a boy. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, that's perfect. We should, we should be asking Canadian Open or Open Championship. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah, fair question. Honestly. The Canadian Open's the fifth major in our books. <laughs> that's awesome. And then um, before we wrap things up, I, I there was a absolutely I think iconic match. I, I didn't watch it, but you and Cole Hammer, who's uh, uh, for those who don't know, he's the amateur. They played at fifteen. Uh, played really well at was it Chambers Bay that he played really well? I think so. Um, really good established. I think he's the number one amateur in the world. You guys had a twenty hole match in the Western Amateur um, that was known for its birdies and high quality play and uh, excitement. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out in your favor that time. But can you just maybe even just walk through what that day was like playing against him? And uh, maybe next time when you do play against him, how that how's that match going to go? Let's say. Yeah, it was super cool. I mean, Cole and I were good friends kind of before then. So, you know, it was like, it's just like a fun time to go out there and uh, play. And, you know, it's the, must have been, yeah, semifinals of the Western Am, which is definitely a big deal. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a good match. I guess the highlight for me was on 18. Um, I had to birdie and I had about like a 20, 25 footer to make to extend the match. And I made it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. this is kind of, the first time we're starting to experience like playing in front of a little bit of a crowd, you know, there may be like 50 people watching or something like that, but you uh, know, you're you being got, modest. You, I saw the picture. Yeah, There's yeah. more than 50 there, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like, you got the nerves going, like, you know, you want to hit, you know, hit good shots coming down the stretch. And yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That was kind of like my first moment that I can remember of just like, kind of like stepping up to the plate and delivering uh, under pressure. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Brandon, we can't thank you enough for coming on. If that's it for you, Giver, sorry. I should ask yeah. first. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I'm stuck in the dark here. But yeah, that's uh, been awesome to have you, so, Yeah, so usually with our intros, like we read off every single accolade that we know about the person. But I, I don't think it would even have been an interview if Colin went through the whole list of uh, things you've accomplished in the game so far. Um, 
we t- we talked about the players you played with in college and the success you've had against them, and we've seen them already on the big stage. I think it's only just a matter of time, a couple months, let's say, until you're right there with them. And uh, and once once you're on there, we can't wait to watch you win. And uh, we had a previous interview that said that once they win, they're going to get back on with us. So when you win on the PGA Tour, you got to come back, uh, come back and talk to us. Yeah, perfect. I love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. Fun. Thanks. Yeah, Brandon. yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. And there you have it for today's interview, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, smash that subscribe button. Share this out with a friend who you feel like would enjoy today's episode. Leave us a comment, rating, and review on iTunes. Also, follow us on the gram at SundayRedPod. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, keep swinging.